Moody Monday. How are you all today? This is Real Talk with Chandrell Perilou. And on today, we have a very, very interesting topic um, in regards to a high-profile case um, in light of um, Ramos versus um, Louisiana. For some of you all who are not aware, there was a, a large press review on the non-unanimous jury verdict. And recently, the Louisiana Supreme Court had struck down the attempt to um, put in place retroactivity as it relates to those individuals that were affected by a non-unanimous jury verdict. However, the Supreme Court has ruled it unconstitutional for a non-unanimous jury verdict, which paved the way for thousands of individuals to benefit from the recent ruling and left questions for those that are stuck in the system as a result of not being able to utilize retroactivity. One case that I would like to bring to light to share with you on today is regards to a local case in which from my hometown of St. John the Baptist Parish as it relates to justice for Errol Victor. Um, Mr. Victor um, has been um, fighting for his vindication, fighting for justice as it relates to his um, non-unanimous jury verdict. Um, for those who are not familiar with um, Errol Victor, um, it was a reserved couple case back in 2000 and, excuse me, about 2008. Um, a reserve couple was convicted of um, debt of an eight-year-old son of a beating debt. Um, they were sentenced to six. They were sentenced six years after the debt of their eight-year-old son. Um, it was Mr. Errol Victor and his wife Tanya Victor. Tanya was actually sentenced on Monday, September 15, twenty fourteen, for her role. Both parents had represented themselves at trial. However, the 2008 death of their 18-year-old son, which pr prosecutors described as the result of, of beating over stolen ice cream. Um, in 2014, Tanya was sentenced to 21 years in prison. Term of one-third must be served before... Um, Eligible for parole. It's my understanding as of date that um, Ms. Mrs. Victor is is pending um actually a release date within another year, um uh, within a year's time. However, Errol was convicted of second degree murder, mandatory sentence of life. Now, what's so interesting about this is that Tanya, his wife, the one that was actually acknowledged that she was um responsible for chastisement of the child and acknowledged that at the time of the chastisement that Mr. Victor was not even present in the home. Court transcripts also revealed that Mr. Victor was not um, present at the time of the incident with an admission from his wife to confirm that he was not um, at home at that time. Now, in August 2014, a jury of nine women and three men voted 10-2 to convict Errol Victor and unanimously, unanimously, ununanimously found Tanya Victor guilty of manslaughter. Um, Victor's explanation to me, my point after reviewing the story, the um, the transcripts and actually witnessing by being a, a, a resident of St. John the Baptist Parish, um, it, it, it's just so disturbing. I, I, my explanation for it would simply be just an unfortunate family tragedy. It's, it's, it's just devastating um, what this family had to um, suffer as a result of this um, incident. Um, basically, Mr. Victor um, continued to fight 
for his vindication. Um, in light of the Ramos versus Louisiana um case, um, Mr. Victor appeal was actually before pending in the pipeline, pending at the time the decision of Ramos had had been ruled. Um, fortunately for Mr. Victor, um, his case was heard after the decision of Ramos, which means that before the case can even be heard, um proper before the Supreme Court, it had to actually be remanded to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeal because of the 10-2 unanimous, um, non-unanimous um, jury verdict. Um, from at that point, um, they vacated and remanded Mr. Victor's um, sentence. One of the main concerns as I researched the case was the question is how did Mr. Victor's case get tried in a different division of the district court when there is precedent stating that when it's the same defendant, plaintiff, and circumstance, that the matter should remain in the lower court. For those who are not familiar with what I'm speaking on, I'm speaking on as it relates to allotment. Um... Arrow's case was originally in Division A under one case number, and then it was dismissed, and miraculously it ended up in Division B, where it was tried in spite of Mr. Victor raising um, awareness that he was not proper before the court. And also his constitutional right for his religious freedom had been compromised as he urged the court that he could not have trial on the Sabbath because it was against his religious belief. Um, in fact, Mr. Victor trial was held on a Saturday. Um, what's interesting about Mr. Victor case is that Mr. Victor wife actually acknowledged him not being present. But for some apparent reason, her voice was not heard. The justice system continued to prosecute Mr. Victor. Now, the thing that's questionable is, was the trial actually held in the proper court? Because it's well-established precedent from that same division court Precedent states that when it's the same defendant, plaintiff, and subject matter, it goes back to the lower lower court. In other words, what I'm trying to express to you that Mr. Victor case moved miraculously from Division A to B. Um, Mr. Victor was very determined to to fight for his justice, and um, had several of the district court judges recused themselves. So in St. John the Baptist Parish, um, there is no judge nor district attorney prosecuting um, Mr. Victor's case. It's actually um, being prosecuted um, by the Attorney General Office and and a appointed um, judge. And here today with me, I have on the phone Mr. Robert Taylor, who has also been a, a very dedicated, diligent advocate for Arrow Victor. And Mr. Taylor and I just want to 
share some information with the public today as it relates to justice for Errol Victor. Um, this this case needs to raise awareness to our justice system and how if we as a people do not stand up for our rights, how our civil rights, how our human rights can simply be violated all because of abuse of discretion, abuse of authority. So right now I want to introduce and, and thank Mr. Robert Taylor, the second for joining us on Real Talk Chandrell, Mr. Taylor. Are you there? Seem like we're having some technical difficulties. Um, we'll we'll get Mr. Taylor on very soon. Um, Mr. Taylor and I have been deli- diligently um, supporting um, supporting Errol Victor's um, case to make sure that. Um, there's awareness being raised to this matter. Um, Mr. Victor maintains his innocence, saying that the boy suffered a severe asthma attack provoked by fighting with his brothers. Um, medical authorities had disputed that claim, suggesting that the boy may have died hours before arriving to the hospital due to a neck compression was that was listed as a cause of death. Aut- autopsy has showed um excessive um extensive bruising um so in light of in light of 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 the controversial um issues as to the the Victor case Tanya Victor initially was charged with cruelty to a juvenile and being the principal to first degree murder but the charges were dismissed after she acknowledged to the sheriff department that she had hit her son with a belt on the day of his death. Prosecutors had um, convinced a, a second St. John the Baptist Parish grand jury, which in two thousand returned an indictment against both Errol and Tanya, charging them both with second degree mur- murder. Mr. Taylor? Um, we're trying to get Mr. Taylor on. We're having technical difficulties, so y'all bear with us. Um, Mr. Taylor? Yes, I'm here. Hey, thank you for joining us today on Real Talk with Shandrell. Um, We welcome you to our platform as we um, discuss um, the justice for Errol Victor. Um, I explained to the platform some of the background um, information as it relates to the legalities of Mr. Victor. So I just wanted you to share some thoughts with us on what what you perceive um, to be some issues surrounding um, justice for Errol Victor. Well, my concern really is about the information that is being given to the public about the real facts of this case. Uh, I heard you saying something about an autopsy report that indicated uh, that the child had neck compression and probably died of strangulation. Is that what they were insinuating? Yes, sir. So what is the official uh, death uh, report? What does it say? The official, the official autopsy report. Isn't it my understanding that there was a compromise in the actual autopsy report that leaves questions as it relates to the authentication of such um, um, autopsy, if I'm not mistaken? 
Remember no, that well, see, and I, and I think we need to make sure that we're clear on the facts here. See, there's, there's a lot of uh, stuff that's being, it's propaganda uh, that's being put out there about the facts of this case. Uh, the, what you heard about neck compression, that came from the local coroner as best I can remember. But I do know for a fact I'm talking about the official autopsy report. There's no one in St. John the Baptist Parish that's qualified to do an autopsy. The autopsy was done in New Orleans uh, by qualified people. Hey, is it that's a, most, is it, and that, that, that official autopsy report states there was no homicide, that that child did not die of trauma. And I don't know where this next uh, stuff come from and this beatings and bruises, that ought to, what, we, what you need to do, and the people need to see the authentic, the legal autopsy report. Because the one you're reading from is the one that was put out the day after the judge in a, in a, in a Division A of District, uh, uh, the 40th Judicial District Court. That's Judge Madeline Jasmine. She dismissed that whole thing when she read the autopsy report. She and, said to them, y'all have no cause to have this man in here, the autopsy report. Get the original readings from that and see what the judge ruled. And the very next day, it was stated that the autopsy report said the child had, had been strangled or that there was neck compression. And when the original, uh, uh, the legal autopsy report stated just the opposite. And what about the pathologist, remember? The pathologist report also confirmed that, um, it, it, you know, it was contrary to what the autopsy uh, report was revealing. Well, of course it did, you see, because only a forensic pathologist, a qualified, licensed pathologist, uh, a forensic pathologist can do a legal autopsy. Anything else is is false and fake and fraudulent. And, and the ones that the the stuff that was put out about that child having uh, neck compressions or stuff or having welt marks from beating or bruises from abuse that's nowhere on the official autopsy report, and they confuse the people by not making that differentiation. The guy out there who came up at the day after that judge dismissed that thing for lack of evidence because it, the official autopsy report showed that the child did not die of trauma. So, Mr. Taylor, what if you're telling us, the, the case, and that's the point that we need to emphasize on, the case was dismissed and miraculously given a new case number and assigned to another judge in another division who was actually the wife of his competitor, which simply means that particular judge should have recused herself as well. But what was concerning is the thing that how did Mr. Victor Case end up from one division that dismissed the case, re-indicted, reassigned a new case number, and a new judge. I, 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 I stand to be corrected, but I, I know that in, within the 40th Judicial Court, I have a precedent that states that when it's the same defendant, same victim and subjects, that it goes to back to the lower remanding court. 
So I'm kind of confused as to how and why did they change Mr. Victor case number and change his judge. And miraculously, the judge that was presiding originally on the case was actually moved to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeal until the the duration of Mr. Victor case. It could have been a coincidence or it could have been intentional. We we just don't know, but I find that to be very questionable. Wouldn't what's your standpoint on that? Before we go well, on a break in twenty seven seconds. Uh, some some of the stuff you said was confusing to me, but the fact is there were three actions on a, on the uh, part of that judge. There were dismissals and uh, and uh, something else. But he three times they went to that judge and she threw that out because there was no evidence to support those charges. Not just that first time. There were three times that that judge threw them out of her court. Let's let's go on the break. That, that, is, that one, is the prosecutor. We're gonna yes, take one moment. They gotta take a break, and we're gonna pick up on that judge dismissing it. Three, three times. So hold that thought. Okay. All right. Listen up. Your customers, our listeners, could be hearing about your business right now. Yeah, right now. Don't miss out on the opportunity to advertise with NewOrleansTalkNetwork.com. Call our business department today at 504-475-4793 to hear about our great rates. NewOrleansTalkNetwork.com. We provide the people, you provide the business. Bethesda House of Prayer. Bethesda is a church for non-traditional worshipers, a church designed for those who love God's Word. Would you like to attend a church where believers and non-believers can choose to worship together? A church where cultural differences does not get in the way of God's message. We invite you to be our special guest. Our services begin 9 a.m. on Sunday, located at 7601 West Bank Expressway, Suite B, Morero, Louisiana. For more information, contact us at 504 Here at Jones Insurance, your full service agency, let us take care of all your insurance needs. We provide homeowners insurance, flood, rental, commercial, auto, and life insurance. Don't let the unexpected tragedy destroy your family's future. Here at Jones Insurance, 7603 West Bank Expressway, Morero, Louisiana, 772. We're back on live with Robert Taylor the second as we talk about um justice for Errol Victor. Mr. Taylor, as as before we went on break, you were discussing with our platform as it relates to the, the various dismissals of Mr. Victor case. Can you um finish expounding on, on your thoughts, please? Yes, the honorable judge 
in a 40 judicial district division a she heard the prosecution on three occasions and she dismissed that thing she dismissed that and her third time was a finality it could not go back to her she has dismissed it three times they went back to her with a modified uh, uh, autopsy report well that judge that's a judge she understands that she can only go by the official autopsy report who attempted to modify that without evidence without proof within one day after that first dismissal the very next day they stated publicly that that child died from uh, uh, neck compression when the official autopsy report read that there was no trauma to the body none that they they alluded to some slight uh, marks that was probably very old of uh because the mother admitted that she used a belt like my mother did and most black mothers i knew during my lifetime did uh with them little boys when they get out of hand they get a whooping the lady admitted that she did that, that she did that herself because I know from a fact that her husband did not believe in corporal punishment. He had already raised six boys by his first marriage, and he took on her five boys, and he did that without corporal punishment. He found other ways to discipline his children. But in any case, in this particular case, his wife stated, unequivocally that she chastised her son and she could only do that when her husband wasn't home because he didn't believe in corporal punishment yes he wasn't home he was at work she stated that more than once to the court and it is just it's just confusing I, i just i really just don't understand you have an admission of her chastising her child their child but Yet, Mr. Victor was com- convicted with a life sentence. And thank God, you know, in light of Ramos versus Louisiana, his conviction was overturned. But now we're still in the middle of a battle, with him, even with him being in prison, incarcerated, two years after his conviction has been overturned. I mean, I find that to be problematic and disturbing that this man has been conviction has been vacated and he is still sitting in jail fighting for his life. What, what, worse, worse than that, Ms. Carolou, uh, this man's case was overturned. It was a fraudulent case from law and the, and the, the highest court in the land, the United States Supreme Court, ordered them to release that man, and if they wanted to, they could try him again. That's the rules and how they work. They, they had all of that other stuff was phony. And, and the, the Supreme Court overturned it all in the state of Louisiana disregarded that. Right. They, they had to fight to make the state release him. And then they released him back to the uh, the official jurisdiction, which is in St. John the Baptist Parish, 40th Judicial. 
And isn't it my understanding that St. John the Baptist Parish Sheriff did not heed to, to the order and had Mr. Victor transported from St. Charles to Mississippi to Chalahula, then to Elaine Hunts as if he was a convicted felon, and now he is actually in Orleans outside of the jurisdiction of St. John the Baptist Parish where he should be held at? He has never been held in St. John Parish. Uh, I don't. I'm not clear on who is responsible to put a man in state prison that has not been convicted of anything. Mr. Victor was sent back to a state prison, the Angola system, after the Supreme Court ordered him released, or ordered him released because of the illegalities that had taken place. I the remember. state of Louisiana for for over a hundred years had this illegal system in of sending black men to prison on a non-unanimous verdict. Yeah, I that remember. was done explicitly for racial reasons, and the Supreme Court overturned. When we, the people of Louisiana, got a chance to vote that thing out, the Supreme Court ordered all of those people released. That was the cases that were still active and pending anyway. That, that was not fair. All people who were sent to jail illegally by this system should be released and they should be repaired for the damages that was done to them. This state committed a criminal act, an egregious act. The state legislature enacted this law precisely to incarcerate people illegally and fraudulently. And now they still, this man has went to court and got and proven himself innocent and the state still prosecuting him. They do not have a right right now. I hear, I heard, I hear stuff about he's going to trial. Going to trial for what? On what charges? They would have to reindict him. Matter of fact, it's too late now. They had a year to do that. They've had this man in prison for two years, almost three years since the Supreme Court ordered his release. Yeah, I mean, Somebody it... sent him back to Angola. And he Back hunts. to their division. That, that is a, that's the Angola prison system you're talking about. Where is it? Elaine Hunt? Yes. Yes, that's, that's the Angola prison. That's the state penitentiary. This yeah. man has not been convicted of anything. What is he doing spending eight months in 23 hours a day long in a state penitentiary? Yeah, he was in solitary confinement. Solitary confinement. What reason? I asked Mr. Taylor to be honest with you. I just find it disturbing and problematic. The whole the whole procedure of Mr. Victor's court is my understanding. Mr. Victor just had a, a hearing that he waived his rights to be present, um, and the attorneys that were present in court actually objected to um, all the denials of the motions in 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 light of mr victor being absent and it's my understanding that they set up another hearing for june 20th and the trial is actually set for july the 11th 2022 with 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 a judge ruling on his own recusal I, I, let's let's just elaborate on your thoughts on just knowing that mr victor had filed um a, a motion for recusal because he felt that even the appointed judge would be bias and would have compromised the the, the integrity uh, of the justice system by showing partiality and giving 
um, compliments to the prosecutors and sheriffs and everyone and, and not and not acting as if he was you know unbiased so i i mean i i witnessed sitting in court myself with mr victor the interaction between the judges the prosecutors the 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 acknowledgments that he he did on on the bench i mean what's your thoughts about this i mean i find it disturbing that this is the same judge that was able to rule on his own recusal this whole thing is a force how can this be we the people of st john the baptist parish under the 40th Judicial District, we elected three judges. What are we doing with some old retired guy that's not from our community that we didn't elect? Why is he over this case? We got three judges in the 40th Judicial District, Division A, B, and C. Is my why, understanding. Why is it not that we are being represented by the people we elected to represent us? I guess I don't know who better, this guy is. We I, didn't elect him. I, I didn't vote for him for anything. I guess an even better but question I, that, is I, the fact of the matter is now that we have newly appointed judges, why did the judges that's in St. John decide that they needed to recuse themselves? That's even more questionable because it's my understanding even if Mr. Victor case was to be held in front of Division B, why was it, why why did the judges feel that the need that they needed to recuse themselves and, and even if it was to go back to Division A, that was a new appointed judge who was not familiar with the case. So what would be, it's, it's kind of confusing to understand why would they feel the need that they needed to recuse themselves? Well, well, you know, I notice you keep asking me, and I, I certainly appreciate that to think that my opinion and my thoughts on this. But what we need and what we are lacking here is the thoughts and opinions of the people of St. John Parish. The people need to stand up for what is right. That is, this man deserved a fair trial. He is by, by law of this land in most of the free countries of this world, a person is innocent until proven guilty. And the burden of proof is on the accuser. Which they have not proven their case. It's obvious because Mr. Victor was, was, was vindicated in a sense, you know, with the 10-2 and it's, it's unfortunate the way the justice system is, is well, let me let me interrupt you there. I don't intend to be rude. He was vindicated by the by the, the judge in the 40th Judicial District Court Division A uh, years ago. The judge in Division A threw all of that evil, crooked stuff out. Her reasons was based on logic and law when she dismissed those things in its finality. And these people, whoever they are, were very powerful people took that case and just handed it to this other law, uh, judge who acted very discriminately. Uh, her, her motives, we don't know, but we know the acts and what they did was totally illegal. You cannot see that comes under judge shopping. You cannot do that. She cannot just take another, another uh, uh, judge's case. That judge threw that out. Now, they had to reindict him just like the federal court gave them that chance. 
The federal court has now thrown it out, and they're doing to him the same thing they did when when Judge in a Division A threw it out years ago. They they refused to act lawfully in a case of uh, Reverend Errol Victor. And the people of the parish need to demand accountability from the people they elect to represent them. Those people took an oath of office, and to the, that oath was to God and to the people to carry out what the people elected them to do. And I don't think the judges in, uh, in division uh, in the 40th judicial are doing what the people elected them to do. They should not have abandoned their duty to judge that case right there in the Fort Hill Judicial District Court where it's supposed to be judged there by a judge elected by the people of the Fort Hill Judicial. I don't know who this judge is, where he's come from. The people didn't choose him. I thought this was a government of, by, and for the people. How come the democratic process is not at work here? We point. elected judges to our inner party. I went out and voted. I supported them. I worked for my judge. And they ought to hold up to what they agreed to do when they asked for our vote. They need to be representing this case. This man needs to be. It's too late now because he got a fair hearing from the United States Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court threw out all of that illegal stuff. That's why the Supreme Court threw it out. It wasn't very hard to see that, what, what, what had taken place in St. John the Baptist Parish. That's why, and it wasn't merely on a 10-2. He had already won a case that he took to the court himself. See, the Ramos case was automatic. And that judge, everybody that had gotten a 10-2 got released. But Mr. Victor had taken his case to the Supreme Court himself and won it. See, he was due to be heard on that Monday. The Thursday before that, Ramos came out, and that made they didn't have to go and hear his court, his case, personal case. And that was unfortunate for him because he himself went before the court and he won his case against them, not on the Ramos, on the 10-2 thing, on the fact that the, the whole uh, 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 trial was a farce. That's what it was. And I and I totally agree. And we got 10, 10 seconds and hold that thought. We're going to elaborate on justice for error. Victor, those of you that sounded on sound of my voice, this, had it not been for a quality touch, commercial builders, this broadcast of Real Talk um, would not be um, accessible to the people. So we want to give a shout-out to a quality touch, commercial builders um, for being one of our sponsors. And also, if you're a Kenneth City resident, please sign up for the financial literacy um, at Unlimited Opportunity Service, Inc., 504-232-0966. Please contact Unlimited Opportunity Service, um, Inc., 504-232-0966, or at the information listed on the screen for you to have an opportunity for a $500 grant. Call home to live stream your next event. Give us a call here at Bethesda Community Event Center. The 
the only place on a golf course that can host and broadcast live your wedding reception, your baby shower, business seminar, and any other special event. Give us a call at 504-708-9454 for more details. FAMU Live, new time, 12 p.m. each and every Thursday on the Walls Talk Network. Join me, that boy Fred. G Sports in the building. Coach Trevor K. Hit. Yeah, I'm woke. Elevate. Ball game. Yeah, they. Yeah, they. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. The wait is over. This is your favorite prophetess, Prophetess Chanel Jones, and I want to introduce to you my new non-traditional podcast called Kingdom Women Speaking, where you can expect a royal discussion amongst queens. Yes, Lord. And you can find me on New Orleans Talk Network. <laughs> Tune in, world. back here live with um mr robert taylor the second with our topic for a very sensitive um case um justice for error victor um mr taylor as you were speaking earlier before we went on the break about um mr victor being um vindicated by the courts and still going through the, the system unfairly um mr victor has been um seeking support from from anyone out there that have legal background to actually help um bring justice and to shed light to the injustices that that has manifest itself in his case and you 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 hit hit a very strong point as to the judge the court uh, you know we we need to backtrack and think about what what we play back what what you mentioned about the judge shopping um just just with looking at the research and the background of Mr. Victor case um i i read the whole the, the whole case i mean 13 plus years of of research and i i find it to be very disturbing the fact that Mr. Victor case was moved i mean if we would just just look at that fundamental Injustice, it was clearly shed light to the, the, the following manifest injustices because what is so disturbing is this case was originally dismissed several times before Division A and miraculously it ends up with a new case number and a new judge. I just can't make sense of it. I've been trying i've been pondering and pondering i just cannot make sense out of this person's case number being changed and judge shop to another judge after it had been dismissed i i just i'm 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 lost for words i mean can you just well i mean there's there's a whole legal the whole legal uh, a, a field. There's a whole field of lawyers out there uh, who are looking at this and see this, and 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 they got to know the difference. See, no, there's no such thing as miracles in the court of law. None of this is based on faith. In the court of law, everything is on facts and knowledge. See, so no, it wasn't a miracle. 
It may seem miraculous. I heard you use that terminology a couple of times, that it miraculously won. No, it didn't. That, that in order for that to happen, there had to be a number of things. Collusion, conspiracy, corroboration between the parties for something like that to happen. It don't, it, miracles don't happen just like that. And I no, was just trying to sugarcoat it. That, you know, that was, I, was trying huh? to sugar, I was trying to actually sugarcoat it because, it, you know, it, 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 the words of choice of words I really wanted to use would just not be appropriate for this platform because it, it was totally the opposite or uh, what I was stating as, as as miraculous because I find it as a manifest injustice, malfeasance in office and any other M word that I choose not to say because I was gonna leave it up to you to to address it with the public because it is problematic and some people need to be held accountable for the malfeasance and the criminal activities that was involved in the reallotment of Mr. Victor Case. So I just wanted you, you to kind of come in there before I unleash on the point that we clearly, we clearly see what has happened is just to get them to correct their actions and to hold these people accountable. And to be honest, the FBI and the federal government needs to step in and look closely at this case. You know, I mean, it's clearly that even with the issues that we have in St. John the Baptist Parish now with some issues with the clerical court with malfeasance, this should let this should open doors for them to see. Wait a minute. There 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 may be some merits into what Robert Taylor, Chandrell Perilou and other people and Errol Victor who are expressing some manifest injustice in the death positions of the proceedings of Mr. Victor case. So, I mean, I, I stand to be corrected, Mr. Taylor, but I find that there has been a great injustice in Mr. Victor's case. I stand with you on that. It just, I was trying to keep it kind of neutral because, you know, it, it, it gets sensitive and it, it penetrates through my soul just to be so closely connected to this case to see what is happening. You, you understand where I'm coming from? I understand where you're coming from, but I just need to be clear on where where I'm going with this and where I'm coming from with it. This man went before this court. He had to go uh, pro se, as they say. He had to represent himself. He had two trials. They tried him on this trumped-up charge of second-degree murder, which all evidence, the legal autopsy report said there was no homicide. Uh, then they tried him on this thing about he jumped bail. They had him in the national news as a as a child beater, uh, 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 and that he had abandoned the the bail and he he ran in flight from justice. He went to tried him on that, and he beat them on that. He beat he went against the state attorney general office of Louisiana representing himself and each trial they had with him he won each one of those trials were 10 twos they could not they failed to convict him that meant he was supposed to walk out of that court that day a free man when they did not get a unanimous verdict that means he won the case he was innocent it was a mistrial and it's sad to say they're vigorously no there were no there were no mistrials they were ten two verdicts. And he was and he was he did time. He did three years on that fake abduction charge. But he won that by the ten two. 
just like he won the homicide trial. He won it. He went before the state attorney generals and all of their uh, lawyers and whatnot, and they failed to prove the burden of proof is on the accuser. They fail to prove, and when they fail to prove, the man is he's innocent until proven guilty. They fail to prove him guilty. That's how the system works. That's how it protects innocent people. But Louisiana found a way around it with the 10-2 thing. So he spent six years in prison on a false conviction. He spent three years on that false uh, uh, thing where he jumped bail. That was false. He went to court, and they lost that because the man had $4 million. He still have, He still don't have his money. Isn't Where's it, his bond? Where's all that bond money he put up? Isn't it? I'm Why they locking this man up and they got over four million dollars in bond on him? Yeah, didn't they take uh, his uh, money? His they took his money, knocked down his house, took his land, and building homes on it. And I mean, they done done all type of things. They done made a paupers out of a multi-millionaire. I, I, just, just the things that done tr- transpired around around this Mr. Victor cases is, is is disturbing. And I mean, Mr. Taylor, I mean, just as as we discussed in this right now, this man is at a point where he is fighting for his life. You and I and a, and a small circle of us have been trying to raise awareness for people to see this injustice and for the justice system to make take corrective action. And just right now on this platform, like we have listeners all around the world, what, what, what can we do? Or what would you like to see happen I, outside of Miss, I know we all want Mr. Victor home, but there's a process we must take. What will it take to get the attention of the justice system to do its job with integrity? I mean, we we've been we've been doing all we can do. I mean, we done went through lawyers back and forth. This man is being to me is like double jeopardy. You have an admission from one person that they acknowledge of the incident, but yet Mr. Victor is being held accountable and paying the price for something someone else has already admitted to being involved in. It's just, I don't understand it. I need you to make right. sense out she, of it. See, well, she was convicted of, of uh, manslaughter. Is that right? Yes, and I she can't... Didn't, she didn't... She did not confess she was convicted of that. She admitted to the fact that, yes, she chastised her children. She didn't admit that she committed no uh, manslaughter. And if she committed manslaughter, how did he commit homicide? That's the when point. When he, he brought the child back to life and then killed it again? That's the point what, I'm what, trying what, to make. What, 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 what is this madness that's going on? Where are the people? That's the point I'm trying to make. So how can she have been convicted of manslaughter and he be incarcerated, is incarcerated for second degree murder, serving life for some for a charge that someone has already been convicted of manslaughter? I I mean, it, 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 I, I just, I'm just lost. Life without parole. Without parole. The judge with life without parole. In other words, put him away forever. Make sure he never gets out of prison. And it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because, like you said, 
the child had to resurrect from the dead and Mr. Victim must have killed him again because it's obvious once you're dead, it, it, it was from a previous incident and there's no coming back. So I'm trying to make sense out of and get the public to see that there is something fishy going on with, with this whole entire case because you have a person convicted of manslaughter admitting that the husband, the spouse, was not there at the time of the chastisement brings the child to the hospital together to get help, leave to just go one minute to the house to check on the other kids, to come back to find out their uh, their child is dead, and then to realize that they both are being charged with the murder of their son. I mean, the whole circumstances surrounding this case is like a bliss. Like, I, I just don't understand it. I mean, they went to get help. And what I concluded is an unfortunate family tragedy where the powers that be used this unfortunate family tragedy because of the personal bandettas that they had toward Mr. Victor because of his economical standpoint and vision for the African-American community. The competitors and powers that be were intimidated and jealous of the vision of Mr. Victor and used this unfortunate situation to lock him up for the rest of his life. And not only that, after he was vindicated from one judge, they went to the competitor's wife, who is a judge, and brought the case to her division where her integrity should have spoken to her to tell her to recuse herself from this case because it's my understanding even before she heard the case, she asked them, what is this man doing in my court? Do you remember that? I can remember her saying that. I mean, you're saying a lot now, but I do remember her saying that. I, yeah, I was, as a matter of fact, I was on the witness stand when she interrupted him and said that. I was on the witness stand testifying in that hearing. When she asked this uh, state attorney general, uh, Julie Cullen, <laughs> why was he there? Because he had been released, and she had not ordered his arrest. The state took it up on themselves to arrest this man and drag him back in court. Now, don't don't you see the don't you see the problem? Because I, I mean, I hope the listeners and the viewers recognize that issue because even a judge at that point recognized that it was improper before, but yet she still went on after, I guess, they had their conversations or whatever may have transpired, that she decided to keep the case, which I feel is a, a strong conflict of interest. Um, But it is disturbing because I, I, I recall the conversations in, in the transcript. She was as, as confused as everybody else. Why was Mr. Victor in her court? And even yeah, well, she, 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 what we need to do, I think, we need to go over there, and we need to get the transcripts so we can see that. We can see that for ourselves, and we can see the incidents surrounding that. Yeah, uh, 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 I have uh, it. How did, the, how did this man get a judge, ask the prosecutor, well, what is he doing in my court? Why is he here? What kind of business? I mean, gee whiz. I mean, she didn't know what it was about. She didn't know what the state was carrying on. And you know what that woman's answer to her was? What? She said, Your Honor, wait, I want you to see these photographs. See, because that's how they propagandized, especially the black community. They were propagandized by those uh, pictures of that child's body. 
And you and I See? both know that when 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 blood flows to the feet, it, it causes bruises. And I, I guess they didn't understand. Yeah. Explain yeah, that process. Yeah, people don't know that. How many people see a dead body often or who understand a naked body and why his back looked like it did? It was common knowledge, common sense. When your heart stopped beating, there's no more pressure, gravity prevails, all your blood flowed to the lowest part. That's why his black, his back was black, not because he had been dragged as, uh, as, as uh, one of the state's uh, uh, primary witnesses said. I read the transcript where that, that witness said, a detective from the St. John Parish Sheriff's Department said the child had been drugged. Of course, he meant dragged, uh, but there's no proof or no evidence that the child had ever been beaten or, 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 or certainly not as the autopsy, received, autopsy report said, the official one, the legal autopsy report, said the child did not die of trauma. Didn't they found nothing trauma. on a child that indicated that child had been beaten or dragged or anything, and especially not strangled. So we the have an innocent man sitting in jail. Speak to that. So we have huh? an innocent man sitting in jail, and we have one minute to to talk and get the people to support us because our time fifty eight seconds now. But we have an innocent man sitting in jail, Mister Taylor. And with these last fifty three minutes, what would you like to express to the community? We need to raise awareness to get them out there to support Mister Victor at his upcoming case um hearing. Can you just? Express yourself to the public and, and what we stand in need of at this moment. Well, well, we need. Well, we simply need from the public is responsibility and participation in our government, so that these elected officials cannot do the stuff they do. Once we elect them, they abandon us and and forget about us and treat us like I, I don't know. Uh, I really don't know in 53 seconds what I could say. I've been fighting this since I found out about it in 2008. Because if they could do that to a man like Mr. Victor, I'm scared to death what they could do, what they're going to do to me and my children. Here was a man at 40 years old and had a traffic ticket and was a multimillionaire businessman raising his family, home paid for, man. And if they, that's what frightened me. That's what kept me in this fight all this time. If they could pick a man like him and propagandize him and lock him up, they tore the man's house down. The bank had just valued the house at over $800,000. He built it. Him and his children built it with their own hands. Wow. And, and they tore, the parish tore the man's house down. This man had 13 children. Uh, 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 12 left with him in jail, and they, they tore down the home of those 12 children, man. They tore their home. The, 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 the parish did that. Explain that to me. It's, it's, How, what kind of... It's just, it's just man. It's horrible what happened, and we, we need to get the people, if anyone under the sound of our voice or human rights, civil rights attorneys, we asking for y'all support. If you or anyone else may know of any... Um, attorneys that can help vindicate Mr. Victor. This is an innocent man that's sitting in, in jail after his conviction has been overturned. Um, Mr. Taylor and I, and along with some other small group of people, have been fighting for the rights 
of of Era Victor and Mr. Taylor. I thank you for for being able to share um this information with with this platform and hopefully what what we will do I would like to um also pick this conversation back up on our next live on on Monday as as we touch bases on the the current circumstances of Mr. Victor's case um since the last hearing because I I think this this is a matter that needs the attention of, of the public throughout the duration of of this of this legal matter would would you agree that we need to keep raising yeah. Well, I think there need to be a town hall meeting or public forum, and our our elected officials need to come forth and explain to us their positions on this. Yeah, we're going to That is the judges, the sheriff, the DA. Of course, the DA has been recused, uh, the, the St. John Parish District Attorney. So but what, these, are, these are the legal people. These are the people that if something is going wrong right now, if there's some, some, some illegalities going on, if somebody is breaking a law, the, the district attorney need to find out and need to bring charges against them or something. Yeah, we're we uh, going to pick as this up. As far as that responsibility. But I think we need to look to our elected officials to, to get their opinions, to let us know if they're doing this thing that they promised to do well, we when, we, when we gave them our vote. We clearly see how that's ending up. We're going to have to save ourselves. And I, I just would like to invite you on, on next week because I, I think we need to emphasize on on this much more. Mr. Victor's trial is scheduled for July the 11th, and I, I strongly believe we need to use this platform and hopefully an attorney or a civil rights or human rights attorney would hear this message. This message is being shared all over the world, all over the web. This is an um, a international platform, and, and we are asking for support. So if, if your time will permit, I would like to invite you on next Monday where we can, you know, go into further detail around around the facts and circumstances surrounding this case because this is a very, very serious matter, and it will pave way for other people that has been unjustly and wrongfully convicted and, and, and has been vindicated by the Supreme Court and has still been treated as if they are a convicted felon with no type of relief. So um, I would like to extend this invitation again for next Monday. Um, those that's under the sound of our voice, we ask that you will tune in for part two of Justice for Arrow Victor on Real Talk with Chandrell. Golden, 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 living my life like it's golden.